Image Podcast listeners, it is I, Golden J, here with you. I don't know what the hell. I'm here. I'm I'm happy to be here. I'm always happy to be here. And with me tonight is Chico. The Skywalker couldn't make it. He uh, he had um, I don't know what the hell he's doing tonight, but you know he's doing something. Probably he's playing with his dingling. I don't. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> But we have a special guest. We're doing a special night recording. We're hanging out with an old buddy of mine that I haven't seen in forever. Steve Dixon, welcome to Golden Image Podcast, man. Thank you so much. Oh, glad to be here, man. Glad to be here. <laughs> we, uh, I, you know, it's it's been forever. I really wanted to do it in studio. We just could not get it to sync up. So we're doing the Zoom uh, recordings tonight, which uh, we've had a lot of success with. So um, it's almost like being face-to-face with you. Almost. I can see it. <laughs> yeah. You just can't smell me. You know, I've been a long day. <laughs> Where is that? I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's probably a good <laughs> probably, thing. I don't know. Probably, yeah, probably a good thing. <laughs> I just a little gassy today. It's all good. <laughs> well, welcome, Golden Image Podcast. Uh, the last time I seen you, we were doing the Angel of Rock show, uh, you know, on Golden Image Radio. Um, I don't remember. Re- I don't remember when when we exactly did that show. Was it if it was two thousand nine or two thousand and ten? Yeah, it was. Yeah, one or the other. I, I was trying to think of that uh, the other day, but yeah, there's, I, a, there's a picture that pops up, and it's a <laughs> me and you, and then yep. it's a me and Angel every yep. year. So I, it was closer <laughs> to the, around that time. <laughs> I know that uh, we had talked, and I really wanted to re-release that when, when the vintage episodes. I can't find it. I don't know if we had issues the night we recorded it or whether Angel was running stuff and forgot to hit record. I don't remember. Um, man, I tell you what, I I remember hearing it, but uh, I'm looking at a box at my feet of CDs. Uh-huh. So it might have been something where you had to clear uh, hard drive space because that was a long one. Because we did when she invited me, she said, "Let's you know, let's go over," because she knew me from. Uh, way back when, when I was in Forearm Shiver and she took pictures of us. So she wanted to cover like everything. So up to that point, I brought in CDs uh, so we could sample a song from everything. Because I'm like, okay, that's what you want to do. That's what we're going to do. And right. I'm looking at the box of CDs at my feet where I've made notes like, okay, we're going to play song three off this one. So, <laughs> seven off that, one. so that one could have been a very extensive episode. It, uh, you might have had to clear some hard drive space, like I said. <laughs> Well, I wouldn't think all I know is I, here's what I do remember. I remember, I remember you being here and, um, I remember being nervous because we really didn't know each other that well. I don't remember us ever actually playing, uh, on a, on the same stage on the same night with, with you. So I remember being real nervous about meeting you, but I remember by the time we were done, I had so much fun just sitting around shooting the shit with you. Yeah, and great. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I was imagine we didn't play at least a show or two. I can't imagine. 
I, I, you know, they're all starting to bleed together as oh. I get older. And I'm sure you have, you have, yeah, you probably 10 more years of shows that are bleeding out than I have. Cause I haven't really played much in the last 10 years or so, but, um, you know, yeah, it's to bleed together, for sure. we get to talking about stuff, you know, I'll be talking with my old drummer and he's like, Oh, I didn't, you know, we played this. I'm like, no, nah, we never played that. And he goes, yeah, we did. And then he's like, shows me something. I'm like, Oh shit. We did play that. Yeah. <laughs> that a lot too. Like it's t- talking to somebody and, um, I, I started, um, not to skip ahead, but I started a book, God knows how long ago. And I tried to start from like, you know, the beginning of, uh, when I started playing and I think it was 2015, I did a shockproof reality reunion thing and we did a show or two and that stuff's all on Spotify. If anybody wants to torture themselves with that. <laughs> um, so that was the band I was in, like I was 18 years old and that was the first, like, really serious original band I was with and I wrote a chapter about um well I wrote more than a chapter about the book but I wrote a chapter about meeting the singer and basically it was me and him spearheading the whole reunion so I was like hey man uh maybe this is going to come out at some point but I want you to read this and uh kind of give it your blessing and uh I can send you over the chapter, but it was kind of funny because he was like, no, that didn't happen like that, but it definitely reads better the way you remember it. In the spirit of fucked up memories. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's exactly it. I, I did mine. I, I did the same thing. I sat down uh, a few years ago and I was like, oh man, I'm just, just for fun. I'm going to jot all this shit down. And, and I started writing, you know, I, I wrote, you know, paragraphs of different things. And I was like, man, uh, how did these fit together? So I actually made an outline and that was as far as I got with mine. But, um, you know, uh, you know, trying to remember how all that shit fit together and, and when you did what and, oh man, it's insane. Yeah. Well, and I put the, the majority of that, like the, the core of my writing was when, um, so when MySpace was a thing, so we're dating ourselves now. <laughs> you don't remember that shit. But uh, I, used to, I used to be like the sole writer of the blogs for the Signal page. Uh-huh. So like that was where like the whole idea, because I'm like, shit, man, I got 300 pages of that shit. Right. So all I have to do is go in and fill in the blanks there, you know, so. Right. And then uh, I got a buddy of mine who's uh a, a music writer for a bunch of different publications. It's uh, my de facto editor, uh, Tom Conway. And uh, he was kind of helping me put shit together. And what's funny about all this is that's what inspired me to start uh, the podcast. I do the shit musicians say, right. Because me and Tom would get together to talk about whatever. And then it would inspire me to write more because whatever we talked about would lead into so I was like, okay, well, if I can do that with Tom, I can do that with other musicians. And right. the podcast kind of took on a life of its own. And then I forgot the book. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, let, still, it's in the ether. It's still out there. It, it's still there. It's still there. So how is the podcast going? Um, we just got done doing a seven, well, actually an eight episode because I did a, a episode with my son. Um 
while he was home this last week. He's in the Navy uh-huh. so down in Virginia. So he was home and he's like, I, you know, I remember a lot of this stuff. So I wanted to see if you want to do a po- episode of the podcast, but we did a seven episode series and I hadn't done one since probably COVID um, about forearm shiver. So the, there's a guy named Shane Frost who has uh, a company called Momentum Media Marketing in Elkhart. And he was like our um, default manager back in the day. And we got to talking and uh, decided we was gonna we were going to do that. Well, there was two other members in Forum Shiver. And the ultimate goal was to get those guys to come out of the woodwork. We know where one is. We don't know where the other is. And that right. never- or it hasn't happened so far. So um, that's the, but um, that's the latest thing we did. Right on. I mean, it's still, it's still going like um, I did a lot of local stuff and then I discovered um, for national bands, um, all you have to do is ask. And the worst thing they can say is no. And I got quite a few nationals out of that, which surprised me, you know, cause I'm like, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm fucking around here. Right. And then it was like, Oh, well, I can get a hold of, I did, uh, talk to a band called Spotlights, fucking fantastic band, love them to death. Um, Astronoid, great band. Um, got to talk to the guy from Truck Fighters, who's uh, a big band from, I'm going to say the wrong country here, but Sweden, possibly. <laughs> um, talk to Valley of the Sun, talk to like some bands that I really, really like. And, um, yeah, so it just kind of, took on a life of its own once i figured out hey all i gotta do is ask and the worst i can say is no you know and so it is it is so weird uh you know for us when we started this back in 2008 with golden image radio and i think we stopped in 2011 or whatever but i remember uh, I remember how hard it was to try to, you know, get everything nailed down and, and, you know, you'd reach out and you'd, you know, and, and people would come down, you know, you were there, fruit pie was there, you know, noble liar was in, you know, those guys, you guys made that trek down. And n- now with the technology we have, we can reach out and get to, to talk to people that, you know, are, are clear across the United States. Um, who was it we just talked to that was uh, in Arizona? Connor, I think Connor Biddle, he's a paranormal investigator. We talked to him. He's out in Arizona. You know, so it's so cool to be able to do things like that now. And more people are actually open to doing it, you know, yeah. and not having any issues. They, you know, they jump on for an hour with us and 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 do stuff like that. But, yeah, it is so well, cool. Not to uh, kiss your ass in any way, but... Uh... I would be remiss if I didn't point out that you guys, you know, doing it way back when you were kind of pioneering what has turned into this whole podcast thing. Like you guys were, you know, doing, I mean, you were kind of, what I want to say, uh, terrestrial radio type thing at the time. Right. On the internet. But yeah, I mean, that was, fuck man. There wasn't many, there wasn't, I don't know when the fuck podcast became a thing, but you guys were doing it before anybody was so you should get some credit for that shit why thank you thank you we uh we have actually talked about that early on when we got we got this rolling at the beginning of the year 
you know, back to doing that about how we were podcasting before podcasting was podcasting. <laughs> exactly. yeah, you were, man. I mean, I'm here to say it like 2009, 2010. I fuck, I didn't know what a podcast was, but I came down to what Warsaw. Yeah. Warsaw is pretty close. We're in a little town called Etna green. Etna green. That's right. Yep. Yep. My bad. No, it's all good. It's all good. We're a, we're easy a blip on that. Yeah. It's very easy to forget. Um, <laughs> no, we had, you know, uh, it, once again, it's interesting because this right here with three cameras and being able to, to see everybody in one shot instead of just one camera, uh, you know, being able to jump around and, and have it saved and all that was, was my vision, but we did not have the technology or the money to buy what we needed because back then you could, get certain things but it was so fucking expensive that you just could not get a hold of it same shit you could buy today you wouldn't even be able to find or the shit you wanted to buy back then you wouldn't even be able to find it at a pawn shop for 50 cents right now exactly yeah but um but thank you man i appreciate that because i i you know i'd like to think that we were we were early <laughs> on with the do i I said credit where credit is due. <laughs> Appreciate it very much. <laughs> so uh, I just watched a video of you earlier today. Oh, shit. <laughs> the one on you porn? Fuck. That oh, one was a good life. one. Uh, you know, um, you, you know, I, I, the angle and the lighting was a little off, but, you know, I, know. I, I wasn't going to bring that up. I, I swear it's bigger than that. <laughs> Not much. But. Um, no, you were, you're you were look like you were recording some acoustic guitar tracks. Oh, that was that uh, something recently uh, in the last couple of days? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was on Instagram, I think. Uh, yeah, we're doing uh, me and uh, Rodolfo Gonzalez, um, who uh, this is a mangled web, so follow, bear with me. Um, I want to say five, six years ago, um, I ran into Larry Bone, who's my, my drummer now and chokesetter at a Deftone show and got to talking to him. Didn't realize he was back in town because he was in new Orleans for the longest time. And the other funny part about this, we did a, a radio interview with uh, chaotic riffs earlier today and they're in LA, but, um, and I wanted to tell the story, but they had a power outage and fucking <laughs> we got cut off anyways. So when I ran into him at the Deftone show, he, I was asking him what he was doing musically and he's like, Oh, I'm playing drums. I was like, you're fucking doing what? Cause I know Larry from back in the day, he was the singer for ass puppets. Okay. I, I had no idea he played drums, you know, we're <laughs> the, you know, periphery acquaintances, but we always say hi and talk when we see each other. Right. But I didn't know he was a drummer. He's a fucking fantastic drummer at that. So, um, he starts to explain to me this project. He's like, it's this real ethereal, um, you know, shoegazy, um, everything he said, I was like, and at the end of it, he's like, yeah, we kind of need a guitar player. And I was like, fucking uh, count me in. Like, <laughs> you described, I don't even give a fuck. Like that sounds great. So the band is Atharia. Um, there's actually a Facebook page for it. There's nothing downloadable, but I mean, we wrote probably 10 songs that were just, I'm one of the best things I've ever been involved with that never got recorded. So when I go to meet with them, it was, um, Rodolfo who's in the Bedlam river, the Bedlam reverie, which is the acoustic thing you saw. Uh -huh. And then Denise who was in, uh, I might fuck this up is the burial. 
So he's in a death metal band. So he's the bass player. And then Derek Young uh, ended up becoming our singer. But so that project, um, Rodolfo had to start medical school. And so, so it, it kind of went by the wayside. We're still planning on recording that at some point. But uh, more to the point, me and Rodolfo stayed in touch. So that's the other guy on that page. Uh-huh. So, so we have a handful of songs that uh, we are currently recording. It should be out in, I mean, the next couple of weeks. Oh, but right on. Some really, really great stuff. Um, I should say for my uh, choke setter brethren that it doesn't take up a lot of time. So we're worried about <laughs> that. But, uh, it, it's completely different animal from Atharia or uh, choke setter at this point. So. So choke setter right now is pretty, is pretty much your main band. I mean, yeah. Yeah. okay. Because like I said, I've been trying to follow you over the years. I've been trying to just kind of keep up with you. Uh, I listened to a few of the podcasts, you know, um, and I, you know, you, you are the musician's musician. You, everybody wants to play. Everybody wants to play in a band with, with you because you're that, you're just that fucking good. So, I mean, it's just, it's just that easy, but, you know that, but I'll take the compliment. <laughs> you kind of bounced around a little bit, uh, kind of going from band to band. Um, can you give us kind of a, a, I don't know, maybe the past five, six years of who ball you played with? So um, I'll give you a little more than that, but it's, it's kind of a short list because I try to um, really, um, give 110% whatever I'm in, right. which sounds fucked up because there's a lot of times where I'm in several projects, but right. it's like, you, you know, as well as I do, it's your passion. You, you, you know, it's not something you choose to do. It's something you have to do. <laughs> so, not to get all pretentious, but so when, when I was still in signal, um, I started a project with Jeff Perry called unlucky stars. Yes. And, kind of went back and forth with that a little bit but um we recorded one ep um got back together a couple years later and recorded a second one that's still yet to be finished so there was that project um i think that music is on um either soundcloud or bandcamp that's some of the stuff i'm most proud of right on a lot of compliments on it was kind of uh brainchild between me and perry we did it was like um punk with like 80s hair metal thrown in uh some of the best songs i've I've been involved in and i obviously can't take credit for all of them but you know good stuff right so kind of came and went in that project a little bit and then um beauty behind the wreck was kind of the next thing i did and to tell you the truth, man, like that was the, I had high hopes for that band because that was the most, um, up till choke center, the most concentrated bunch of talent that I'd ever had the pleasure to be involved in. So beauty behind the wreck was, um, and if I can tell this story real quick, uh, hey. The Don't way <laughs> the way the name came about was um, Bill Finn got a hold of me to open for an instrumental band called Mouth of the Analyst. Well, the last Signal album was called Beauty Behind the Rack. Well, it's okay. kind of tongue in cheek between me, Dave, and Josh, who all still talk, all still to this day, right? 
So we were going to be like, oh, like, okay, well, you know, we had a couple instrumentals in there and Bill had asked us to open for that band. I'm like, oh yeah, we can do that. It fell through ultimately, but I kept it going and uh, with Dave. So Beauty Behind the Wreck being a tongue in cheek reference to the singer. Right. Anyways, <laughs> um, so me and Dave put together a lineup and it, it kept revolving for a while, but ultimately it ended up being um, me and Dave, Dave being the drummer from Signal um, and Zoetrope before that. And then Drew Carlin from. Oh, yeah. Promo. Yeah. Soko Promo. Yeah. And Jason Fungho. Jesus Christ, I can't speak tonight, man. <laughs> it's all good, man. Audio, like, yeah. <laughs> Jason Funkhauser, which was, he was uh, in the deal with 45. And then uh, Gavin McGuire, which was. Um, My guy Spike. My guy Spike. Yep. So to say that there was, like, everybody in that fucking band, including Dave, I, I don't take anything from Dave as far as, like, Dave would come up with 10 ideas, nine of them would be kind of fucking crazy but the one that he came up with that was a jewel was always fucking fantastic so even the drummer was the songwriter in that band everybody nice. in that fucking band was a, like a very able-bodied songwriter in their own right nice but that band could not fucking draw a crowd in a broom closet for whatever fucking reason it was, <laughs> it was pretty disappointing i i mean i have great memories and um you know, great stories from being in that band. Love all those guys to death to this day. Right. Stay in touch with all of them. But uh, for whatever reason, it just did not hit. What for? I, I can't explain it, but had a great time. Still look back on that material. I think we only released a total of five songs, but we had wrote more. But that's some, some decent stuff. And then from I think Beauty, while I was in Beauty, I did uh shockproof reality reunion and like i said that's kind of some old school stuff kind of hardcore um worth looking up if that's like hardcore is your thing punk is your thing right on. Um, did that at that time it's kind of short lives and then uh like the story i told before i ran into larry we did atharia that stuff is i mean and i keep saying like you know really talking the stuff up i can't take credit for it. I'm not blowing my own horn here. Like right. you know, they always say, you know, surround yourself with better musicians. And I right. lucked out in the fact that I've done that. So when I got into Atharia, like I'm still disappointed to this day that a lot of that stuff didn't get recorded. Especially when we added Derek. Like he like that guy came up with some really great uh hooks and vocal lines. And I think the thing that kind of put us behind with that band, we were always looking for a female singer and we just couldn't find anybody that fit completely. We found right. a couple of people and then we came across Derek and I was like, okay, well, you know, we scrapped three years of trying to find a female singer because he fit perfectly. <laughs> right. Uh, at, at the time, the I promise that shit will fucking come out and I'll be proud as a new dad to, out of atharia kind of came um choke setter so i mean it's kind of a short and pretty linear line for the last 10 years but uh so i was kind of writing a little bit with uh jason funkhauser from um 
beauty behind the wreck and uh, we got to a point where we're like well we need a drummer so me and larry um we're talking about like one uh putting something together because Athari was very heady and very like we wrote fucking eight to 12 minute songs like really master of puppets type shit not right. stylistically but like as far as expansive right a lot of changing a lot of uh long key changes it was almost progressive to a point which i hate to admit because i'm not a progressive music fan but that stuff was great um we me and larry talked about at some point like man we should do something like just fun dumb caveman riffs (laughs) fucking uh black sabbath beats van halen let's fucking let's do that you know just whatever it is it's it's fucking it's simple and it's fun so we put the three of us together uh larry jason and i and then at one point we had gotten we put like four or five structures together and i was like i this is this is so stupid like it it sounds like i'm making it up but i swear to god i'm not i'm not I was talking to Larry, just texting with him. I said, you know, dude, you know who I can hear singing over this? I said, you remember uh, Jesse Maul from Fallen? He's like, dude, that guy's been up my ass to start a project for years. I'm supposed to work on him tomorrow. I'll ask him about it. And that was it. Like, that was that was the, you know. It was it was fate just waiting to happen is what, okay, what you're saying. I, yeah. There's no fucking other way to really explain it. And I'll go a step further because this is the only band I've been in since signal that has had like this very unexplainable attraction and like very, um, you know, snowball rolling down a hill, like gaining right. fucking like just everything happening for us, you know? And that's not to say we're on the fucking, you know, top 40 station or anything. Right. Like, right. You know? Right. But the, cra- the crowds are coming and things are and things are going in the right direction. Yeah. And I haven't experienced that since, you know, the whole, right. whole signal thing. So it's crazy. You know? <laughs> so, but that, I mean, that kind of brings us up to date other than, you know, the Bedlam Reverie stuff that we're uh, kind of working on. Now, did you do some time in Jerryophonics? I'm still in Jerryophonics. That is okay. A, that is a, that is a cover band. And that's Drew from right. Soap, uh, Gavin from Mike Got Spiked and Beauty, both of them from Beauty. Um, and then we've got Brandon Tabor, Brandon Tabor, um, <laughs> from God, what, what the fuck? He was in a couple, he was, he was in Salt the Wound, he was in The Analyst. Am I saying, I, I think, yeah, I'm I have, oh old. man, that's that's an older one too, isn't it? Yeah, were, so yeah. So he's an incredible drummer. And then we got uh, James Riley, who is like an auxiliary percussionist. And he also is a lead singer. So, yeah, the dude, I, I, <laughs> you know this better than anybody, like how much shit I would give cover bands. And it's, <laughs> so I, I won't claim to be a hypocrite, but I'm, I wouldn't be doing this with any other group of guys. Right. Right. Because. I've got to be very good friends with everybody, but me and me and Drew and Gavin, you know, having the bond of, you know, actually writing original music together, you know, that's, you know, yeah, 
goes without saying, especially. Well, and you know, you know, I know Drew. I know Drew from my Cheers days, and uh, you know he he did he did a Golden Image radio show, and you know, so we got a chance to do that together. But um, you know, Drew was so good to us back in the day uh, when we were booking Cheers. After, especially after the you know Bill had left, and there was the whole changeover, and Mike was doing it, and Drew was doing it, and you know all that balancing. Um, uh, you know, and I don't know Gavin that well, you know, I've talked to him a few, a few times uh, here and there, but both, both dudes are just, you know, just amazing guys and, and, uh, you know, so friendly and so, you know, um, personable and oh, easygoing sorry. and, you know, helping everybody out with, with the things that, uh, that we were trying to do at the time. And so, yeah, I got great respect for both those guys. Yeah. So as far as like Jerry Ophonics goes, like I said, I, I give a lot of shit to a lot of cover bands, but I seriously like this group of guys, like it's, it's not like you wouldn't be able to recreate it as far as I'm concerned, but I could have another cover band be like, Hey man, we're making twice as much money. You want to come do it? And I'd be like, Nope, I'm happy right where I'm at. I'm happy right where I'm at. <laughs> These guys. And if, if I, if we have a minute, I don't know how long we've been going here, but I want to tell a story about Drew real quick. All right, go, go right, go right ahead. And then I want to tell you how jealous I am that all the Notre Dame stuff you guys get to do. Oh, dude, it's it's ridiculous. Being a Notre Dame fan, to be able to do that shit and then get paid so fucking well to do it is stupid. Oh man. Uh, Yeah. And don't take that the wrong way. No, 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 no. Um, I think what I, I can't, I, I, I can't, it keep catching little bits and bits of some of like the pregame and, you know, some of the, you playing actually on the field, I think for one, one thing or whatever. And I thought, oh man, I'm so jealous right now. Well, real quick before I tell the Drew story, like, um, I have a guy and you probably know this guy too, but, um, there's been, cause I used to travel quite a bit for my job. Um, I had, somebody who would fill in for me uh-huh nate crass from stone oh yeah 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 so nate will fill in for me uh here and there when i can't make it but there has been two times that the actual entire band has played on the field and i didn't nate got to do both those shows because <laughs> I was like somewhere in ohio or pennsylvania and it was the middle of the week so <laughs> The stuff that you might have seen of me playing on the field was actually um, me, Gavin, and Brandon. Um, the other guys couldn't make it, but we were in a video with uh, Chloe Agnew, who's of Celtic women fame. Um, she did a thing for Notre Dame, and it went out to like 80,000 people. Nice. So we were all in that, and I had Brandon take a video of me. We were on the 50-yard line. I'm like... I'm like, I can't play drums for shit, but I'm going to fucking have a story to tell my grandchildren. Like, <laughs> play drums on the fucking 50 yard lines. I've never, I've never fucking went to school here, but that was a cool day. It, I mean, within itself, like we did like seven different locations around campus. And uh, like our pay was that they went to the, uh, the bookstore and just bought us a shitload of clothes. So we had a bunch of, different costume changes right close at the end of the day so i was like nice oh, man, that was that was probably i don't know how much that cost but it couldn't have been cheap like, <laughs> that book, so, so um, yeah it's really good that you're a big a big notre dame fan then too right 
Yeah. I mean, I got enough family that is, I could give the shit away, you know. But. Right, right. <laughs> so, Drew, um, when Drew was running uh, Cheers, uh, uh-huh. you had referred to that. There was something, and I can't fucking remember what it was, but we, and when I say we, like, I mean me and Signal. And when I say that, I mean me because I did most of the shit myself. But, right, right. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> we had stumbled across an idea, and it's nothing original, but um, anytime Club Fever would have a show and we weren't on it, we would do an after party at cheers and just fly the fuck out of it. Right. Well, at some point somebody stole that idea and it might've been Sonic Ash and, <laughs> and I'm not, no. obviously I get along with all those guys. Oh, I love those guys. Yeah. You know that. Absolutely. But, uh, there was some beef cause they were like, Oh, you, you know, and it wasn't me. I think it was like, uh, Jamie and Josh caught and it might've been even fruit pie, like flyering and kind of like, stealing our idea like like i said it wasn't fucking original nobody was stealing it but uh, right and there was like a you know they it was a fucking shouting match and whatever and ultimately drew and katie his katie his wife got involved in it because they were running cheers at the time and so jan like this is like fucking gangster shit. Like me created a sit down between the guys in Spigal <laughs> and the Carlins. Yeah. So uh this is fucking ridiculous. So I'm trying to be Mr. Fucking hard ass, and like me and Drew are like just fucking staring daggers into each other, and I'm like, this guy would fucking annihilate me. He's a Marine, he's gonna fucking right. but the whole time, like Katie's just so calm and reserved. And I'm like, you gotta watch out. She's gonna fucking kill you. Like, yeah. that. <laughs> flash forward however many years, maybe a year or two later, he has LA guns come in. Oh man, yeah, I remember that. Okay, so we opened for that show and not trying to tell tales out of school, but whoever the promoter was, was a bullshitter to the nth degree because he ended up like taking the money and skating out to the point where LA guns didn't get paid what they were, what they were promised. Yeah. What they were promised. And, uh, they were they were fucking mad and like at the time it was Steve Riley and then Phil Lewis who were the original drummer and the original um singer which right. now Tracy Guns and Phil Lewis are back together and I went to see him at Pierre's a couple weeks ago and it was fucking awesome nice. but anyways um Drew's like um so Jan came to the rescue she's like look they want this tell them I can give them this because Jan wanted to still make the the show happen as did Drew. So Drew's like kind of confiding in me and telling me at this time, obviously we had buried the previous shit. And uh I was like, Do you need you, you want me back? I got your back, man. Let's fucking go back there and you know, figure this out. And he has not forgot that to this day, which makes me respect him greatly because he respects me greatly. Because right. just, I mean that's the kind of dude he is and he recognizes it in other people. But, you know, he, they had this, uh, Steve Riley, the drummer, this little fucking dude from Brooklyn, like talked a big game and thought drew thought he was going to try and fucking kill him. So, yeah. 
me and Drew went back there as a United Front, and then the show went on. Nice. So. <laughs> went on. I I I remember I did not make that show. I was not there, but I remember when when they when they brought him in years ago. Um, it was it was really and uh, deal with forty five was on that show, and I don't think Jason was in the band at that point, but uh, I remember him recounting it to me years later because he was there to see his friends. Right on. And then saw us. So, but anyways. we got to do we got to do the naked beggars show. The guys. Oh, from, okay, so all right, well, there's the connection. We yeah. fucking played that show too, so that's a show we played together. Did you play the first one or did you play the second one? Okay, maybe we played we played one of them. I don't know what it was. Did you uh let me think. I was there for the, I was there for both of them because we played the second one, but um uh, shit, uh uh Forever Gypsy was Forever Gypsy was there the first show. Okay, we might have been on that one. I, I you got I'm it. trying to remember. I I don't I know maybe I we didn't did. realize they played a second time, so you got me on that one. Yeah. Well, that one, you know why you didn't know that? Because the, um, the, uh, I'm not throwing shit. I mean, I am definitely not throwing shit here. I've but, said, to uh, me, go ahead. Um, in, the water's warm. Um, you know, and, 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 uh, um, oh God, I'm going to say it. Uh, Bill Finn did not promote the show. And it was at uh, Cheers in? And it was at Cheers. And that's when he was still booking. And, you know, for my aspect, I called him up because I knew they were coming back. And I'm like, I want to be on this show. This I want to be on this show. I've always wanted to do that. At that point, I'd never done, you know, that close uh, up and personal. We had done a couple openings at Blueberry Festival, you know, where we were four or five hours out from the from the headlining band, mm-hmm. which, you know, you put that on your resume as a win. But, you know, in, in reality, you know, it's not really that big of a win, but. I wanted to do that show. I called him up and he's like, you bring some people, it's yours. And so I, you know, I, I, I appreciate that so much, but when we got there and I'm looking around and there's nobody there and Eric Brittingham looks at me and goes, the guy didn't even hang the flyers we sent. Hmm. And so it never got promoted, you know, as, and that's probably why you didn't even know they were there a second time. Well, and like I said, I don't know if it was the first time or the second time, but, um, I don't remember there being a lot the first time to be quite honest with you, because I, and I don't know who the promoter was the first time, but you know, two guys from Cinderella, not mm-hmm. the singer. It's not that big of a draw right. as much as I love Cinderella and that LA guns show I was talking to you about like a month ago at uh, Pierre's Tom Kiefer was the headliner. It was, I'm going to show my stripes here. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Care. LA Guns and then Tom Kiefer's fucking amazing show. Right. You know? But yeah. I, all I know is that, you know, uh, I'd seen them. I'd seen them the first time they were in there. You know, uh, you know, you got to meet them and introduce, introduced myself to them and, you know, whatever that was. And then we left. But when we come up to play with them, you know, it was, it was just really cool because Brittingham was like, just this really laid back, easygoing guy, him and Bobby sat and talked bass shit for, I mean, probably 45 minutes. They stood over there at his bass rig and talked about it and shit. You know, I mean, you just didn't do that. And I, and he stayed for our set. He will, he watched us play 
Yeah. Um, and I asked him after the show, after everything was over, I asked him, I said, well, what'd you think? And, you know, he looked at me and he, you know, you could tell he's like, listen, you sound like every other bar band that I've seen. And I didn't take it. I didn't take it personally. I took it as well. I mean, he's not wrong. He's like, you fucking asshole. <laughs> I never took it personally. I took it as, you know, at least he's just being honest. He's not sitting there going to pat me on the back and say, oh, you guys are fucking great, you know, or or even go the other direction. It's like, yeah, like you suck. But I mean, he was just like you, you know, there was there. You guys sounded like every other bar band I've seen. I was like, you can't argue with that because I think we do, too. <laughs> a similar thing happened. Um, me and Josh the bass player for Signal used to work at Club Fever and we work all the big shows that which is kind of how we got a lot of to be able to play a lot of them but right you runners for the day I mean you'd work a 12-hour day and get 100 bucks so it wasn't fucking worth it except for like the connections you could make right so um Tesla came and played at one point and uh Frankie Hannon is like you know the major songwriter for that band so we kind of slipped him a disc at the time and he he really you know for what it's worth was very fucking honest with us and was like hey this is what you guys got to work on and i don't remember exactly what he said but it was kind of like oh because we thought we were doing yeah. good right and then this is a guy who's been through it and had fucking top 10 hits and he's like yeah work on it some more guys <laughs> I was like, Fuck. <laughs> yeah i mean i think that i think at that point for me i did like i said i didn't take it personal because you know i i'd rather him be totally honest that way i can go back and work on those things and right and you know work towards now we were we were fortunate enough to do a mistakenly opening for pop evil when they were at cheers and when i I remember, you know, I don't, I don't remember. I, Surface was there with us, okay. um, and it was us. And there was I don't even remember who was in the middle of that. But I remember when Pop Evil took the stage and the sound. I mean, we're all playing on the exact same PA system, or, or you know, every weekend that we're in there, and it was an amazing system. I'm not, I'm not, you know, saying that. But there was a different feel and a different vibe when those guys took the stage with their gear that just blew me away i was just uh, totally amazed by it. it's like they had just spent years just tweaking what they had and it just i sat and talked to the bass player matt for about an hour after their show setting up at the bar and uh you know i told him i said man because that was before they hit that was before 155 made it um were they, they were signed at that point though do what were they signed by that point or they they had talked to um they had talked to jared from surface uh and they had told him that to to kind of look out because everything was was on a roll and they were about to hit and i think it was about a week and a half later when i started hearing him on sirius xm yeah though there's there's a lot of people that get involved at that point and signal was like right there yeah where you got people going okay you know t telling you how to dial in your amps so that the band sounds more full and you know showing you all these tricks and shit and yeah there's something to be said for it man and at, at that point you know like you're lucky to have thick skin because yeah they're gonna fucking tell you yep you know? 
Like, you up the fucking game this this way, that way, and you need to dress a certain way. You fucking need to sound a certain way. And if you aren't ready to hear that, yeah, that's that's definitely not for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, so uh, I I did see a post on your uh, Facebook the other day, and I want to I want to talk more a little bit about your personal life. Uh, you post yeah. uh, a picture with your wife, and uh, I loved it. I love the caption because you you kind of said something about you know she puts up with all your shit and all the things you do, and and you know she's so patient with you. Uh, I just thought that it was, uh, you know, that's how it is at my house. You know, Bobby's always been, you know, a big supporter. And, uh, I just kind of want to play in the fucking band with you, man. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. But I had a lot of years. That too. <laughs> age, <laughs> oh, but I thought that was great, man. I thought that was a great post and I just wanted to bring that up. I thought that's, that's super cool because. She knows your love and your in your dreams and your passion and and she's a full supporter. I think that's cool as shit. So uh, more to that point, and nothing. Uh, there there'll be a press release at some point, not to fucking overstep. But uh, there's some stuff that had happened in the the week before that um, for Chokesetter. Nothing that I can comment on quite yet, but. Um, We'll suffice it to say that tour, T-O-U-R, the word tour is a four-letter word in my fucking house. <laughs> oh, no. There was a conversation that was had the day before that that was not fucking pleasant. And uh, the day after, she said, you know, I support everything you do, you know, and just remember I'm here for you. And, you know. It takes it takes a, a very specific type of woman, man. I mean, you know what I mean, but I've had, and I don't mean this in the wrong way, but I've had girlfriends or relationships in the past where this shit wouldn't fly. Like, yeah, it's that like you're gonna fucking leave for two weeks. I don't fucking think so, right? You know, or a month or whatever it fucking ends up being, but yeah. So it takes a you know a certain kind of person to be with where they, uh, and they don't necessarily like it, but they know it's, uh, it's a necessary evil. Right. Right. You don't want to, uh, you know, I've, I've, we've had the conversation in the past where it's like, you know, you don't want to know me if this shit isn't in my life, you know? Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 If I'm not staying busy and doing this or, you know, the podcast or the music or whatever, then, then I'm a miserable motherfucker. So you, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I know. Yeah. He knows whether than anybody, cause he's the one I, I call a bitch about a bitch to, you know, <laughs> we've been talking for a gun uh, for an hour and now Gunner's like, yep, that's, yep, that's, <laughs> that's, it. that's, that's, that's it. That's it. My only comment. I'm, I'm all right. Have a good night. That's yeah. where I'm dropping in. <laughs> well, now, you know, we talk about that, uh, uh, with Bobby playing bass and, you know, in guilt Four, and, um, she actually, uh, when Brad left Guilt 4, we actually played one more gig. Um, I do believe we were playing with Dribbin and Still Frame up in Goshen at that little sunset bar, whatever it was there. Oh, yeah, shit. We, I remember we, did, we did one show as a three-piece, uh, me, her, and, and, and Scott. And she kind of looked at me as we rolled in at 4 o'clock in the morning, and she's like, you know what? I think I'm done. 
I think I'm tired of getting home at four o'clock in the morning and doing all that shit. And I'm like, okay. So, you know, basically everything ended at that point. So for 10 plus years, she hasn't touched that base. Um, meanwhile, uh, Gunner, the drummer, uh, Skyler, my oldest son, the bass player and me, we started thinking around with our buddy, Andy, who's a guitar player. And, uh, Skyler says, you know what? I want to learn how to play guitar. So we brought Bobby back in. We don't do a lot. We haven't practiced in quite a while, but uh, we have this little family band thing that we go play these benefits and so on and so forth every once in a while. But I'll tell you what, man, that is fucking super cool to be up there. You know, the whole, the whole kid crew up there with me and, and the wife and well, then there's just Andy. I mean, you know, he is. What he is. <laughs> nice uh catch hell for that shit but um but it's i mean it's you know i i am very fortunate in that aspect where you know that i got he's got my back she's got my back and uh i like i said i just thought that was a a really cool post you put out you know she's got your back too so because i know the feeling she absolutely does man it's a good fucking feeling i'll tell you that much yes you know it more so than i do yeah i love it i love it um all right, so let's get into some let's get into some uh let's get into some fighting words. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> How are those Raiders gonna do oh, this? God. <laughs> yeah, I listened to the your episode with Fruit Pie amongst the others that I've listened to, and I'm like I was like, Oh, you guys started talking about that. I'm like, dude, tell the story about when you went and found my fucking brick. Like, you know. Yeah, he did. he did. Yeah, he did. I wanted to ask you about that. Um uh i'm assuming uh you were part of some group that that was a that was an offer that came up that you could get a hold of or no that was that was like a i mean i'm obviously on their email list so something came through where when they were building the death star in las vegas there um you could buy a brick and like i think the first level was a couple hundred bucks and then there was one that was 1500 and then you had to pay so much to get a replica. Well, around the time that that came out, we had sold our house and moved and I had like a couple bucks to play with. So as like a, is more a Christmas present for me, but right. <laughs> for my son and my wife, um, I had one that said, um, I got the, the bigger one. And we got a, a replica at the time. Uh, the reason that I sprung on it was because they sent you the replica brick for free. And that was like oh, nice. 500 bucks. I was like, fuck, man, that's a deal. But it says, um, you know, the Dixons established 2006 when me and my wife got married. And uh, I'm going to get my own ass kicked. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, let me edit that out. <laughs> yeah, edit that out. But there was a blurb that uh, the Dixons uh, die, Dylan and Steve. So it was kind of cool. That's and awesome, man. That cool. When they give you a map as to where it was, so when uh, Mike was out there, I was like, hey, dude, this is where it's at. And he fucking found it for me, and he like, took a bunch of pictures. So when I go, I can find it real easily because he was like, he kind of did a pull back and nice. This is the entrance it's at. So have you not, you have not yet been out there to the death star, Ah, man, the fucking, the flights are so cheap, but the thing that kills you is I've looked at tickets and like 300 levels starts at like 
250 bucks, you know, it's fucking ridiculous. Like if you want to be, you know, even close to the field, you're talking for me and my wife, it's going to be a thousand bucks, yep. you know, just to get tickets, you know, it's going to happen, but maybe right. even sooner. Hopefully they don't change cities again. Guess where I'm going to be. Uh, wait, what is it? October 10th. Is it October 10th? October 10th. That's right. I'll be at Arrowhead. When the Raiders come to town. Oh, <laughs> I'm telling you that I'm uh, wishing ill on Mahomes because <laughs> and I think it was what two years ago where um they beat them. It was the year after they, they won the Super Bowl, wasn't it? That they beat them the first game they played them. Okay. Yeah. Mahomes went off the field like the most poor sport I've ever fucking seen anybody do. Like he pout I was like you know, I like, regardless of the rivalry, I was like, I just lost all respect for that guy. Like, I thought he was a great fucking quarterback. And then I watched him do that. And I was like, nope. Well, no, I, offense. no offense. No, no, none taken. I mean, he does have his moments. I mean, you know, it can't argue with that where he gets, uh, you know, he doesn't have that. Um, He's still working on that quiet, cool, you know, to, to get through yeah. some of those situations that, uh, yeah. you know, you can see him getting frustrated and, and, and pissy. That's for sure. But, um, you know, it, it's, I can't take nothing away from him, though, man. He's a good quarterback. But, yeah. But, look at the numbers. Look at the numbers. Hey, listen, uh, and I, I, I said it in, in, in the Mike interview, you know, I, I'm a big Derek Carr fan. When when he came along and, and started playing for the Raiders, um, I was all about it. I, I thought he was, you know, the next best thing to come along. Unfortunately, that injury just seemed to kind of uh, just kind of take it take the steam out of his engine there. And he just hasn't looked the same as what he did when he first started. I'm 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 hoping he turns it around, but man, this is I don't I don't know that this is your guys' year. It's no, I mean, especially going 0-2. Out of the, I mean, how do you fuck up an 0-20 lead at the fucking half? Like, how do you fuck that up? That was the most insane ending to a game I have seen in a long time. Oh, it's completely ridiculous. Like, but having been a Raiders fan the majority of my fucking life, I did I expected them to do nothing less. <laughs> you know, it was like but on the inverse, this is what's funny to me is like, I have a lot of family members and friends that are bears fans. And when they came out and won and won their, you know, season opener, right. They're like, we're going to the fucking super bowl. I'm like, listen, <laughs> from, from shitty, shitty team fan to shitty team fan. Raiders went three and oh, two years ago, straight out of the gate. And I knew better than the, cause then they went the next three games and lost all fucking three. Right. It's like, you know, you got to wait, you got to give it a minute. Like, I don't dispute that the Bears didn't look good, but, you know, they're still a shitty team, just like well, my Raiders. Yeah, we, uh, <laughs> we have been such a – Kansas City has been such a shit team for so many years now that we've got Mahomes and even Alex Smith coming, you know, bringing all those wins to Kansas City. It's, you know, we get to – we get a little arrogant from time to time too, where we're like, we're going to the big game. But oh, yeah. in reality, we know that, uh, you know, they proved it last week, uh, last Thursday against San Diego, man, they can get their asses handed to them. Just, just hold on. And the, Raiders, the fucking Raiders, they 
turn it on every time that they play Kansas City. It is I don't I don't care if they're the worst team or the best team in, in the AFC West at that time. When they play Kansas City, it is always a, a tough, tough game because it's like they're they're there to prove that they can beat them. Well, it's like the Chargers. When the Chargers play the Raiders, the Chargers can be the worst fucking team in the AFC West, and the fucking Raiders show up and are playing good up to that point. The Chargers will take their fucking lunch money every fucking time. <laughs> it's fucking pathetic. You know, now the Chargers are good, so they're going to fuck them up anyways, but, you know. The Chargers are good. I uh, I wasn't quite sure of it going into the season, but after last week's game, I was like, uh, yeah, they're yeah, pretty fucking good. Fucking quarterback that's six and a half foot tall and can throw a fucking three quarters of the way down the field like and he can see everything yeah at that height like and these nine. and does and does it with broken ribs <laughs> oh, yeah. i'm not gonna take anything away from him other than he's fucking up my division <laughs> uh you almost won him on your team don't you almost almost yeah <laughs> I definitely take my home shit. Uh, well, we got him locked in for at least ten years, so you know you have to wait. <laughs> well, and you know the the parallel I like to make with uh, Carr is like everybody fucking shit on Gannon when he came in, but man, look what that fucking guy did. You oh, know? dude, I I think I said it. Uh, I I never I I never really rooted for the Raiders. I've always watched them, uh, you know, because they're in our division. But when Rich Gannon went and he took him to Super Bowl, man, nobody rooted harder for him to win that game than me. Because yeah, I love Rich Gannon. Well, with Gruden on the other sideline, you're like, yeah, he knows Gannon and Gruden were so close. He knew everything he was going to do, and he just ate him alive. But yep. you know, the, who signed off on Carr, fucking the first person to say this is the guy was Gannon. Gannon was like, that fucking guy's good, man. You know, he's the franchise, you know. Well, so. he's been there and he's, he's let him, like I said, uh, when he first come in, I, you know, I had mass respect for him and I still, re- I, you know, I still respect him as a quarterback. I just, I think that injury just did something to his, to his psyche. But even after the in- injury, like if he's in, even if he's gun shy, like the numbers are still there, man, right. like that guy, it's like, um, Tim Brown back in the day, like the Raiders weren't great then, but man, that guy fucking rushed for a thousand yards every fucking season. Was right. Fucking ridiculous. You know, but. the Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. My co-host on uh, the co-host on the, uh, on the internet cheese band is definitely not a Raiders fan. We got to calm him down from time to time. Love him or you hate him. <laughs> oh, um, Gunner, do you have anything you'd like to ask Steve while you got him right here? I, to be honest with you, I'm just enjoying you guys talking old stories. <laughs> That's always one of those things. I would sit in on this interview every any night of the week. What's what's the drum drum head behind you there? Uh, so that's a band that my brother and I were in. Oh gosh, when we were in high school. Um, weeks weeks later was the name of the band. Okay, I couldn't and, read it from my camera here. Yeah, so me, my brother, my buddy, and uh, our neighbor girl was our singer at the time. I think. Oh, so, very cool. Very cool. Yeah, she was good. She uh, she came well, in that's and actually not so much, but she was good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, the rest yeah, we of suck. it sucked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, she actually recorded. She came into the studio and recorded a demo. Uh, to uh, I can't remember which record company, but. 
she was um, in her apartment, uh, her and her husband, her husband was a military guy and she was in her apartment. She just, she did it a lot. She sang karaoke to this shit on the computer and they were kind of having a party doing that. And uh, mm-hmm. this girl come up to her and she goes, you need to record a demo and give it to my dad. And he was some, he was an A&R guy at, at uh, some record company. So she came, she came into the studio. She recorded a demo. She took it to him. He was interested, but she got pregnant at the time. And she's like, no, I'm just going to, I'm going to do family. No, you can and, do both. and I was like, and that is a person who never really wanted something like that to happen because you'd have figured it out. Unfortunate. That's yeah, it, unfortunately for both of us because she was supposed to take me along with her. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I'll be your, I'll be like your producer and shit. I'll go, I'll go with you. You know, come on, help me out here. Get me out of Ed Green for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah, I asked her about it years later because when when it finished, uh, we finished it, and I gave it to her, and I just never heard anything more about it. And she was like, Yeah, I just, I just walked away from it. Mm. I'm like, damn. That's that's so, not that's a that's something that always kills me, and I'm sure you've had this kind of experience. But you know, coming up and playing, I mean, I I was in bands since I was in like since I was probably 13 years old, and it's you know obviously there's going to be people that fall away, but you know as you come up, like being you know that's you know that space between like let's say 18 and 25, like the people that you created with that you would never think and maybe it's me maybe it's you but you know you never gave up on it and like these people that were like you thought of as immensely talented and then they just kind of like okay now it's time for grown-up things like fuck that yeah i I didn't i I didn't get into grown-up things till after 40 i don't know I don't know, man. I, you know, it's, it's been a while. Um, you know, I do, I, my, for me, once the band was over, we did a lot of recording, uh, just in the studio, not going out and playing. Uh, we, we wrote a lot of great songs and, and then that kind of fell off and I got into doing sync licensing stuff and really studying that. And of course now podcasting has pretty much taken over my world. I haven't, I haven't done anything musically in like nine months so i need to get back to it i'm hoping for winter to get here so everything kind of settle down and i can just focus on that too hibernate yes i'm i'm ready hibernate in the studio in this this little glorious kansas city chief room that i got going on here Well, Steve, thank you so much for joining that joining us, man. It is this has been amazing. I have loved this, and uh, I thank you so much. I appreciate it, man. I fucking had a great time. If you, you ever need if you ever need anything, uh, give us a shout. Will do. And uh, Gunner, hit me with my socials. <laughs> hit him every, hit him. every time. <laughs> every time, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Golden Image Podcast. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, whether that be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, anywhere you get your podcasts. If you have any recommendations for people we should interview, people should we, we should talk to, things we should do in the great state of Indiana, send those emails over to goldenmojoent at gmail.com. And you can also find us on Facebook, 
You can send us messages on there, facebook.com slash golden image podcast. And he's got it down. Yeah. This oh, is I why, and this is it. why I lean on no. him to do that because I sit here and stutter for a fucking hour. That was the most professional part of this entire thing. <laughs> I do I do those three times a week. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we are going to get out of here, Steve. Thank you so much, and I look forward to seeing you again, Plan. Don't be a stranger. Let's do this All again. Right, All, All right. right. Yeah. Good, All right. Late. Later. Oh, I finally got a friend.